The following audio is from Heritage Christian Fellowship. More information about Heritage Christian Fellowship is available at heritagefellowship.net. Because here's the thing, even as a middle schooler, as a sixth grader, a seventh grader, you leave some type of legacy. You leave some type of legacy even as a sixth grader. As a sixth grader, your legacy could be Minecraft. That's a legacy. It could be. My prayer is it's not. You know, that would be the worst thing I think in the world to happen is, you know, people, you, for some reason, something crazy happens in your life or to end and they're standing over your body saying, man, he's such a good Minecraft player. Like, that would be a travesty, to be honest with you. But at the same time, for a, an adult who has given hours, countless hours after hours after hours just to accumulate stuff, the, the greatest travesty would for someone to be, to stand over you and say, Man, he had a lot of stuff. Man, he, had a, he was, you know, famous. Man, he, you know, he had so much money in his bank account, we don't even know, you know, where it's at. That would be a great travesty as well. And so my, my, my prayer for you this morning, my prayer for you this past week and over even the past few weeks as I've prayed over this, is that you would consider this morning my legacy. And my prayer is that we'd walk out of here with a gospel legacy in mind and in heart. And let me share with you kind of my, my road of getting here. Um, and before I do that, I want to ask you to turn to Acts chapter 7. We're going to put a pause on Ephesians for the week. Jeff will be back next Sunday going through Ephesians, the next step in Ephesians. And uh, building off of what Jeremy had preached last week, and I heard great things about that. Um, and so we're going to put a pause on that, though. And we're going to look at the life of Paul here in a minute. And we're going to start out in Acts chapter 7 and then uh, be a little bit in Acts chapter 9. And then we're going to be in 2 Timothy 4 as well. So, um, so if you like having a plan, there's our plan. I like having a plan. And there's your plan there. But here, let me share with you my heart while you're turning. So a few, um, a few months ago, or basically over the past year, my, my grandpa, I've learned my grandpa is kind of coming to the end of life. I'm going to hit another pause. My wife, right before I came up on stage, she says, don't fall off. <laughs> I just came close and I was like, whew, I might fall off. But um, anyway, that's an aside. Um, and so my grandpa, I learned that my, my grandpa, he, he's really kind of coming to the end of his life. He is on dialysis. A lot of you may know people on dialysis, but he has zero kidney, zero percent kidney function. Doctors have told him, if you stop, you're going to be gone within two months or two weeks, basically. And so he, he is he's struggling, or he's not struggling at the end of his life, but he's just, you know, he's 80-something years old. He, he's just coming to the end of his life. And so um, I, a couple of weeks ago, well, actually about a month or so ago, I got to travel back to uh, Georgia. I'm, if you haven't picked up on my accent, you don't know me. I'm from northeast Georgia. So you may hear some southern verbiage in here. I may throw out some y'alls and ain'ts and all that, and that's okay. Um, somebody can translate. I'm sure we've got some translators in here. And so um, I, know, I know a few people in here that are from North Carolina, Georgia, and in that area, and they can translate. But, so I traveled to Northeast Georgia to go by myself, my wife, my kids stayed here, just to go see him, to spend a few days just, you know, along with him. My brother, actually my brother came along with me, he lives there. We went to, to my grandparents' house and spent uh, really a couple of days just hanging out with him and my grandma. We call them Meemaw and Peepaw. There's a good southern phrase. I don't know if they have Meemaws and Peepaws out here. But we went and spent some time with, with them. And let me tell you, it was good. My grandpa, he's a retired Pentecostal pastor. He had, the, the gospel is his heart. 
love of Jesus is his heart. He loves the Lord. Is he perfect? No, he's stubborn as all get out. In fact, before I went up there, my, my mom's like, don't bring up religion, don't bring up politics, because it'll get him going. I'm not that, I mean, I'm just not that smart, so I brought up some religion stuff, because that's what I, I you know, major in, and it started going. And so, so anyway, he's very stubborn. But as I, as I sit there and talk to him, and just really caught up, and then also we did some ancestry things. Uh, just really, you know, I love that stuff. And so it went back all the way to 1600s. Okay, where did we come from? And as I, as I talked to him, as we kind of came to the close, we were talking about, you know, this may be the end of life. You don't know what he said? He's like, I don't care. He's like, to live is Christ, to die is gain. He's like, if, if, I, you know, if I were to die, and he's basically came close to death about seven times. We tell him he's a cat, has about nine lives. But he, he has came close to death that many times. And he's like, I don't care. He's like, you know, if I'm here, I'm here with you know, my family and, and worshiping the Lord. But if I'm there, then I'm worshiping the Lord there. And it's, I'm going to be, you know, a, a new body and, and worshiping the Lord. And as I left that, like my heart was just impressed with legacy. The legacy that he is leaving me, my brother, my parents, our family. That's one thing. And then just a, uh, in the past week and a half, really kind of unexpected, as, as you guys, many of you guys know, Jeff's been out of town and there's a, there's a, um, a great um, guy that goes here. And he, has, about a week and a half ago, he was told that by doctors, hey, you're at the end of your life, basically. Your, your heart's going to, you know, basically shut down over the next, you know, weeks, months. So they went ahead and put him to hospice. And so Jeff being out of town, um, they asked me to go and visit with him. Never met him, never even knew who he was until I uh, went to see him. And here's the thing. In the two times that I went and saw him, I had more than five people tell me, that is a great man right there. He loves the Lord. He loves people. Like as I sat there with he and his wife, his wife told me, he loves me so incredibly well. And I, and I was like, that's because of Jesus. That's because of Jesus. And he was like, uh-huh, yeah. And, just, and he's, he struggles breathing right now. He's like, yeah, yeah. And then two days ago, I got to go and spend some time with him. He's weakened. He can't walk now. He's be, getting bedridden pretty much. And as I, I, I sit there and I, I was like, you know, sir, can I, is there anything other than just the normal stuff that I can pray for you about? And like tears started flowing down his eyes. And he's like, I'm worried about my wife. How, who's going to take care of her? And I'm like, this dude's about to die. And he's like, I'm worried about my wife. Who's going to take care of her? And I was like, that's the love of the Lord in his heart, concerned about other people. And so I prayed with him and, you know, tears are flowing down his, his face and down my face. And then afterwards, I was like, sir, I want to let you know. I didn't know you a week and a half ago. I had no clue who you were. But... You know, I, I told him the same thing I just told you. You know, there's been more than five people tell me, you know, how you love people well and just your love, love for the Lord. And I was like, I want you to know that, yeah, you may be dying soon, but you're leaving a legacy. You're leaving a gospel legacy. So when you, as you go and you go to worship the Lord, take heart into knowing that you have left a legacy on the people that know you the best. And, and I said, and, and right before I left, I was like, listen, I don't know if I'll see you again this side of heaven or on the other side of heaven. I said, but if, if not, no big deal. I'll be standing before the throne with you one day, worshiping the Lord. And tears are flowing down my face, down his face. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's gospel legacy right there. 
That is gospel legacy. So for us, for you guys, for a middle schooler, for a high schooler, college-age student, single, single adult, married couple, senior saint, grandparents, whatever, my goal for you this morning, amidst the yawns and the tiredness of, of staying up late last night, I about took out some neighbors last night. They're throwing off some mortars. If you did that in your neighborhood, whew. Um, anyway, I, my... <laughs> My kid, he was like uh, every up till about eleven o'clock, and um, and he, we put him to bed around ten. And he's like, I can't go to sleep, and I'm like, I can't either because <laughs> it's loud. But amidst all of that, my goal, my heart for you this morning is that you would do an honest evaluation of the gospel legacy you are leaving, even as a thirteen-year-old, a thirty-year-old, a forty-year-old, an eighty-year-old that you would ask the hard question in your life today. To ask that hard question in your life today. And then also my goal for you is that you would leave here, not just leave feeling, okay, that was a good message, let's go on live. But you would leave here with very, very distinct action steps for how you and your family can leave a gospel legacy to the next generation. And we're going to look at what the Word says about the, leaving it, the gospel legacy to the next generation as well. And I want you to hear me well. Listen to me. My, one of my favorite preachers of all time is Charles Stanley. Old, he's a Southern Baptist preacher out of Atlanta. He'd always stand up on stage, and he's about six foot seven, so I'm just a few inches shorter than he. He would look at people. He would stick out his time, listen to me, listen to me. And I want you to listen to me. This is a big deal, guys. This is a massive deal. This is bigger than what you're eating for lunch today. This is bigger than what the kids are doing after, after we get out of here. Are we going to take a nap today? Or I mean, whatever. This is bigger. This is a big deal in your life. This is, could be a massive defining moment in your own life, in your own family's life. Make it a big deal in your heart. So here's what we're going to do. We've been looking at Ephesians. Today we're going to pull back and look at the, the author of Ephesians, Paul. Now here's the thing. As I talk about this, for those who have grown up in church, you're going to know a lot of this, but listen anyway. Read anyway and, and glean from the truth of Scripture as we read through this. And here's, like, this, this happens occasionally, and it happened this morning. Like, I normally, you know, most of the time I'm in with the kids, and so I already know what I'm teaching way before Sunday morning comes. Uh, because I'm not teaching with the kids this morning. I had no clue like what they're teaching because I'm just teaching in here. I was looking and no lie, the very thing that we're gonna read about, they're, they're learning about. So parents, like this is a great opportunity for you to leave here and be like, hey, let's talk about this as a family. Hey, you learned about Saul and how Saul was converted uh, and, and became, started following Christ. And so Paul, he wrote 13 books of the Bible, massive uh, person in church history. And so the thing is, is we, we see all the fruit of his labor. We see Galatians, which we have went through. We see Ephesians, which we are going through. We see the fruit of it, but it wasn't always so. His legacy was not always the gospel. His legacy at one time, if you were on a spectrum of Hitler over here and Jesus over here, he was certainly over here on the Hitler side of things. That was his legacy at one time. And so with that in mind, let's go to Acts chapter 7. We're going to start out in verse 54, and then we're going to read um, through chapter 8, verse 3. So about seven or eight verses right here. 
And so what's going on right here? There's a guy named Stephen. He has been persecuted by some religious leaders because he's basically saying, hey, listen, here's the gospel. Here's the thing. You killed Jesus. It ticked them off. And so that, with that said, verse 54, it says, now when they had heard these things, the religious, heard these th- religious leaders heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth at him. But he, being Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, Stephen called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against him. And when he had said this, he fell asleep, he died. Verse eight, uh, or chapter eight, verse one. And Saul approved of his execution. So this guy named Saul, he's there approving of the execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. So stop there. Saul, his legacy, not great right now. Killing people, putting them in prison. You know, he's, again, on the spectrum of of Hitler over here, Jesus over here. He's certainly on this side of things. His legacy at this point is, is awful. Now, here's the thing. In your own life right now, you guys are, as we have, if you're uh, visiting today, by the way, we welcome you here. Normally on a Sunday morning, we're a little, we have a lot more people. And so this morning we probably have, I don't know, a few hundred, two, three hundred. And in, out of two to three hundred people in this room right now, you guys are at different points in, in your legacy. Some of you haven't thought a thing about it. And you're like, I don't even know if I know what the word legacy means. And that's okay. Legacy just means leaving a heritage um, uh, to the next generation. Like, like I said, if you're like in middle school and you are great at Minecraft or something, your legacy you might leave to your friend is, okay, I left in the legacy of being really good at Minecraft. But here, so we're at different points in our legacy. I hope you're not over here with Saul in that realm of things, obviously. If we do, we got some reporting to do. And then, but the, the reality is, is some of you may like have really considered this and a- answered this question in your head and your heart many years ago. And you're like, we're doing well. We, you know, we're really thinking about leaving a legacy to our, the, our friends, to the people we work with, our family, the generations, grandkids. We're thinking about this. This is where Saul was. He, he has not encountered Christ yet. He has not encountered Christ yet. Let's turn to Acts chapter 9, and then we're going to be verse 1 through 6. And this is where he encounters Christ. It says, but Saul, still breathing threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord. So he's still legacy of just killing people and being a thorn in the side of the church. He went to the high priest and asked for letters to the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. It's kind of that moment right there. And fall, that's about as high pitched as I can go. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. 
And then flip over uh, to verse 15 and 16 of chapter 9. He, basically, he's blinded right there. He's with a group of people. They walk him to Damascus. God comes in a vision to this guy named Ananias. He says, Ananias, go tell Saul this. And, he's like, and Ananias is like, wait, that's, that's Saul. I'm not touching that guy. He's killed people. He's put them in jail. I'm not doing it. And he's like, go anyway. And he, it says, um, verse 15, this is the Lord talking to Ananias. It says, but the Lord said to them, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So a big, big turn of events from killing people, taking them out, putting people in prison to now, he's gonna be a chosen instrument of mine to proclaim the gospel to proclaim the gospel. And here's the thing, there's some in this room, I'm convinced that you haven't encountered Christ yet. Your legacy has no reason to be anything about a gospel legacy because you don't know Jesus. And here's the thing, your, your legacy will not outlive you. You may, you, may, you may have $500 million in the bank. If you do, put me in your will. Um, you may have $500 million in the bank, but your legacy will be that. Like I was reading a couple of days ago, Bill Gates, um, he, you know, one of the richest men ever, richest men in the world right now. He said one of his goals in his estate is that within 20 years of him and his wife passing away is that all the money from his estate will be paid out and there will be no longer. Like he just wants it to be done with. I'm like, dude, you're the richest dude ever probably. And you just want it to, to only last for 20 years. Not much of a legacy. So if, I mean, whether it's money, whether it's stuff, whether it's relationships, if you don't know Christ, that's all it's going to be. If you're a Christ follower and, that's it, and it's in the, that realm of things, then I, I would say that you haven't considered the, the depth and the, the importance of the gospel enough in your legacy. And so he, but we've got the before Christ Saul. Now we've got Saul encountering Christ. He becomes Paul. And now let's flip over. I told you we're going to go to 2 Timothy 4, and we're going to be verses 1 through 8. So we essentially uh, just give you an age gap right here. Around the time Saul becomes a Christian, he's around 30, 30 to 35. We're going to fast forward about 30 years right here, 30 to 35 more years. He's at the end of his life. And over that, that period of time, his legacy has went from killing people to he spent 30 years. 30 plus years of now sharing the gospel, traveling all over the place, planting churches, training them, and then making sure that they produce churches from that. His legacy now has become one of the gospel. In fact, in, in uh, I believe it's Philippians, it says, I, he said, I want to know Christ in the fellowship of his sufferings. Like his heart was changed, guys. His heart was changed. In that process, he wrote Ephesians, which we're going through right now. He wrote it to the church of Ephesus. And now we're at the end of his life. Right now, uh, Paul is in prison. He's in prison and he is about to die under the uh, church history says that he died under the persecution of the emperor Nero. And more than likely he was beheaded because he was following, following Jesus. So he's in jail. He's writing to this guy named Timothy, who is a pastor, uh, kind of the, his mentee, the guy he's been mentoring. And he's saying, hey, guess what, Timothy? Do these things. I'm at the end of my life. These things are important to me. Verse one through eight, he says to Timothy in, in jail, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his, and his kingdom. 
preach the word, be ready in and out of in season and out of season. Get the picture here. He's like old. I mean, he's in his late sixties. He's probably his body's probably um, because he's um, in that day. He probably was outside a lot. He's probably just a kind of old older guy and just really you know struggling at the end of his life now. And he's saying. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but have itching ears that will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. And then he says, kind of, these are some of his last words. Just for I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. And, that the, and the time of my departure has come. He says, I've fought the good fight. At one time, he was not fighting the good fight. His, his heart, the gospel changed him. His legacy has now changed. I've fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award on, on, uh, to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Guys, this is a massive, massive change in legacy in heart. And this, I, I want you guys to get this. Your legacy the legacy you leave to your kids, to your grandkids, to the people you work with, your friends, whoever it is, it's only as good as what your hope is in. His was in Christ, in Christ alone. Your legacy is only as good as what your hope is in. His was in Christ. He was changed by the gospel. If you don't know Jesus today, I want to tell you that your heart can be changed by the gospel. Romans 10, 9 says, if we confess with our hearts and believe, uh, confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus, we conf excuse me, if we believe in our hearts in Jesus and confess, something like that, I'm losing it right there, but confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be safe. Here's the thing, it's believing in Christ, believing God has given Christ for you to save you from your sin and through faith in him, you can be saved. I'm telling you guys, you're, Legacy, your life will be changed today. Come to Christ. Come to Christ. If you know Christ, let's talk about your legacy just for a second. I want to ask you deep, probing questions. If you, if you look next door to the neighbor and they've got their eyes closed, it's time for the elbow right now. If any yawning, just pop them on the mouth. Don't do that. Um, but this is the time to really think, to put our thinking caps on right here and, and, and look into our hearts. I want to ask you, do you want the gospel to be your legacy? Do you truly want the gospel to be the legacy you leave? I would encourage you, students, that's the most important thing you'll ever, uh, decision you'll ever do. It's, it's more than friends. It's more than how fast you can text. I remember I, we had a student back in North Carolina. I thought her fingers were going to catch on fire because she could... Like that. Your legacy is not, you know, the, how fast you can text, the number of texts you can send in a day, or the, your friends. That's not important in the big scheme of things. Singles in this room, do you want to know, the, the word talks very, very clearly about the, the effect, the, the, the legacy that you as a single person can leave because you don't have a family to worry about. You don't have, a, you know, a, a husband or, you know, guys, you don't have a wife to consider. You can, you know, you can do things with more freedom than a, someone with a family. 
Use your singleness for the glory of God. Use it for the glory of God, guys. It'll be the most important thing you'll ever do. Adults in this room who are slaving week after week to just get by, is there anything wrong with that? No, Scripture clearly commands us to do that, but are in, in the midst of that, are you using that to point people to Jesus? So that, you know what, one day when you retire, when you leave, they'll say, you know, something was different about that guy. You know what, and I know that, I know it was Christ because he talked about Christ and how Christ had changed his life, changed his heart. Is that, the, is that happening in your own heart, in your own lives? I wanna encourage you guys, the gospel changes everything in your life. It changes your importance in, in life, in your marriage. It changes your marriage, the way you love, the way you, uh, wives, you respect your husbands, guys, the way you love your wives. It changes all of that. The gospel changes those things so that now, instead of, you know, leaving a legacy of, man, they just didn't get along. Now it's like, I don't know, something happened in their heart. And, and it was Jesus. It was Jesus. That's gospel legacy in your own family. Ask these deep questions. Do, do you want the gospel to be your legacy? Parents, grandparents. I wanna, uh, this is a, I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan. Of, uh, he's a financial guru guy. He always talks about changing your family tree. Parents, grandparents. I want to encourage you, change your family tree so, for some of you. Some of you are doing it, but I want to continue to encourage you to make that family tree a gospel family tree. Parents, pour the, the gospel into the lives of your kids. Talk about it all the time. Like, uh, it's funny, a couple weeks ago, we were uh, hiking Applegate Lake. It was the hottest day of the year, and mosquitoes were attacking us. And, uh, but, and I was out there, and I was talking about how like, I was like, man, guys, look at this creation. Like, God created this. And my wife, she was like, kids, just so you know, your uh, dad's going to be saying that until he's old man, too. <laughs> and, but because I, I say stuff like that, like, I'm, I want my kids to know that, hey, this is all about God. Their life is about Christ. It's not about them. It's not about them having more stuff or making more money or having the best relationships in life. Though I want all those things. I want them to work hard and, and work hard at relationships. But more than that, I want them to know Jesus. Parents, talk about it in your house. Grandparents, talk about it with your grandkids. Husbands, wives, talk about what's going on in your heart and how the gospel is working in my heart. Change your family tree, right? You, you have an opportunity to do that. I'm challenging you, do it. Your family tree is at stake. Here's the thing, you're ancestors of a generation to come. You're gonna be gone, like the video we were watching, you're gonna be gone, all of us, within 100 years. I, I would have, unless Mike, I see Mike holding a baby back there. You're, Mike, your baby might be alive in 100 years. And so, but I hope, I hope your baby is. Um, and so, but we're all, all gonna be gone in 100 years. This gym was probably gone in 100 years. I don't know. But here's the thing, your ancestors of that generation to come, leave it. Leave that gospel legacy to them and, and as uh, Paul did. Let the gospel change your heart and leave that to, your, to the next generation. 
here's the thing. Like in, in our uh, kids' ministry, and, in, and in, I know with Jeremy, and we're, I'll talk about this here in a minute, we're doing some things that's going to really, I think, change the DNA of our church here in the fall. We're going to be uh, doing what we call um, heritage milestones, where we're going to walk alongside families, parents that have kids, um, all the way from birth to, to, uh, to the time they graduate. There's about six or seven milestones, significant milestones that you guys will encounter. And we're going to, as a church, we're going to come alongside you, equip you, to pour the gospel into them at that stage of life. And the reason we do that is because our, my vision for my kids and our vision, myself, Jeremy, our staff, we want it to be more than just you pouring into your kids. But guess what? Your kids are one day going to have kids and they're going to pour the gospel into them. And then they're going to have kids that are going to pour the gospel. That's, that we we want to see 80 years from now instead of five years from now. We want to pour the gospel into the next generation. Senior saints, I want to encourage you, don't just ride off into the sunset. And, like, and I'm not saying that all of you are, but there's some who have made up your mind, I'm just done. I'm done with life. Do you want to know God can use you incredibly in retirement? He can use you incredibly to point people to Christ. Even amidst physical disabilities and physical issues sometimes, like that is a great opportunity to, to come alongside people and say, listen, I'm, my body may be wasting away, but my heart for Jesus, I want you to know my heart for Jesus. I encourage you in that. I encourage you deeply in that. Um, John Piper, he uh, preached a great sermon about that one time. There's probably an article written by him. But I just want to encourage you, like, think even now to the next generation. I want to pour the gospel. Psalm 112, uh, 1 through 2, you don't have to turn there, but it says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Psalms uh, 78, 2 through 4 says, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders he has done. God is concerned concerned deeply about the next generation. Like the gospel is, is the main point of, of the, this word right here. But I would argue that a very big sub point of that is that generations after that would know the gospel. And we'd proclaim that, proclaim that. Deuteronomy 6 talks about that. Good quote, some of you may have heard this. It says, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. That'll, that'll write home. That's Facebook worthy, by the way. <laughs> only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. That's the only thing that's going to outlive you is Christ, the gospel. So here's the, the thing. So we've talked about how it happened in the Word. We've talked about just, we've talked about how that applies to our lives, how we can do that, or why we should do that. Let's talk practical. I'm a very, I like the practical side of things more than, side than the philosophical side of things. I want to ask the question and answer the question, how do we leave a gospel legacy? Bring it, bring it close. Focus in right here. We're, we're getting to the end. How do we do this? One thing I would encourage you guys to do, begin with the end in mind. Begin with the end in mind. I want, like, even picture in your heart. You know, the end of my life, if, if I'm laying there in the bed and my family's around, what are the things that I want said about me? You know, do I want to say, oh, he was such a cut up, man, he was funny. Is that bad? No, there's, there's nothing wrong with being funny, having a fun time. You know, is it going to be, man, he, he worked his tail off. Is that a bad thing? No. 
It's good to work. But here's the thing. I don't know about you guys, but I, and I pray this is the case in your heart. It isn't mine. I want my children to call me blessed and say, you know what? He loved Jesus more than anything. He loved us more than anything. Was he perfect? No, absolutely not. Never, I never will be perfect at it. I will never be perfect at loving my wife the way she deserves to be loved, the way Christ loves her, the way Christ loves you, that he gave himself up for, for her, for, for us as a church. I want to be perfect at that. But I want, my, I want around that, that time, that, that really it's a pretty sacred time, I want them to say, man, he loved the Lord. He wanted people to come to know the Lord. So begin with the end of mind. Begin with the end of mind. Second thing is, and this is going to be the practical side for you, and I'm going to encourage you, this is your homework, is I want you guys, I would, I would encourage you guys, challenge, deeply challenge you guys, if you haven't already done so, and my guess is most of us haven't, um, and that's okay, craft a gospel-centered life mission statement for yourself and for your family. I know, like, sometimes it'd be like, well, it's up in my head, you know, it's there. Yeah, but here's the thing. I don't know about you, but five days later, I think of something, I forget it. Write it down. You know, some of you guys have iPhones. Put it in a note. <laughs> you know, one of the notes in your iPhone or Droid. I've never used a Droid, so I don't even have to have those. Uh, but craft a gospel-centered life mission statement for yourself and for your family. That's going to set the umbrella for how you live life for how you live life. The second thing is, come up with a plan for each area of your life. Questions, good questions to ask. Say one year from now, what habits do I want in my life, in this area of my life, in my, in my personal life, you know, spiritual life? What are some habits I want to accomplish this mission statement that I have already set? What are some of those in my family? Like, what are some habits I want to create in my family now to accomplish that mission statement? In my, for my health, like what are some things that I want to do to accomplish that mission statement in my career, at school, whatever, financially, whatever. Like you may say, I, I'm in loads of debt. I just can't get out from under that. Set a plan. Here's the thing. If you never set a plan, you're never going to accomplish anything. That's the biggest thing I know in my own life. At one point, like I'm, I love laying out a plan now. At one point I didn't necessarily a plan is what's going to get you from point A to point B. I love planes. I, I've shared that before with you guys. I love airplanes. No, air, no pilot leaves and said, ah, we're just going to fly around. Where are we going to go? I don't know. We'll, just, we'll fly around. You're going to run out of gas at about 30,000 feet. Good luck with that plummet right there. And so, but a, a pilot knows exactly, okay, we're, we're leave, taking off from Medford. We're going to land in Iceland. That would be a cool place to go. We're going to land in Iceland. Here at, at this point, longitude, longitude, we're going to bank seven degrees to the right, you know, to keep on course, to get there the quickest. Set a plan in your life, guys. Set a plan. That's what's going to get you from there to there. Set a plan financially. Set a plan um, personally. Set a plan health-wise. Are you going to fail? Yes, you are. You're going to fail, but as the famous uh, theologian Toby Mac says, when you lose your way, you get back up again. If you don't know who Toby Mac is, uh, he's a Think DC talk back in the day. And then I also, I saw a uh, quote this morning uh, from Winston Churchill. It says, success is stumbling from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. 
You're going to fail financially. There's going to be times you get off the, ra- the rails. Like, oh, we, we got off there. Let's get back on this. There, health-wise, personally, in, in, in discipling your kids, there's going to be times you be like, man, we, we made that a priority at one time. Now it's not. Let's get back on that because that's going to get us to, to the point we want to be where leaving a gospel legacy is a priority in our family and in our life. Um, a couple, I've done this multiple times in, uh, over the past few years. Um, I did it again just this week because I was, as I was processing this. But my life mission, and I read this to my, to my wife and my kids last night. My wife's heard something like this before. My kids, I don't know if they had. I don't think they had. But uh, my life mission, and I read this to them. I want to read this to you so you hear something like a life mission for that. It says, I want nothing more, and this is me, I want nothing more in my life than for my wife my boys, my family, my church, and the generations that come after us to know Jesus and make him known near and far. That's my life mission right there. That's my goal. That means if my kids one day say, Dad, um, I love Jesus and I want to know him. And there's an awesome opportunity to go share Jesus in the middle of Saudi Arabia right now. I'm gonna ask some hard questions and he's going to, you know, one of them, or all of them, you know, maybe, they're going to give me some good answers. And I'm going to say, son, I bless you in that. If you were to lose your life sharing the gospel, there's nothing more, no, nothing that would make me more proud. Do I want you to lose your life? No. But the gospel is more important than my kids' safety. The gospel is, is the thing I want for my life, my wife wants for our life. I want for you guys is the gospel. And I want to encourage you guys in those things I just challenged you with, write it down. And I would encourage you, read it to your wife, to your husband, you know, guys, read it to your wife. Guys, uh, girls, read it to your husband. Read it to your kids. Read it to yourself if you're a single person. Here's what that's going to do is it's going to provide accountability. And I would encourage you to do that sooner than later. I would even encourage you to do it today, tomorrow. Because you're gonna, you know you will forget about it as soon as you step out the door. Put a reminder in your phone right now. Do it. And I'm challenging you guys to do it. It could be the most courageous thing. Just simply doing that and laying out a plan. That could be the most courageous thing you do all summer, all year, or even life for some of you. I want to encourage you, don't be a coward in this. Be courageous in this. Say, the gospel is my, the most important thing in my heart. I want to change my family tree. I want to change the generations. Here's a good quote I, I heard this past week. It says, you're going to grow a crop abundantly, your life. And it's going to be consistent with what you plant. Your choices are seeds that you put in the ground every day. And your life is the crop that grows from your choices. Guys, get on a plan. Make that a, a seed you put in the ground to say, I want that, I'm going to plant this seed of my life mission statement for the gospel, a plan for all these different areas in my life so that the gospel grows. Just like those trees in this picture right here. That the gospel grows, you know, kind of based off Psalm 1. It says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the seat of sinners, nor sits in the yes, seat of sinners. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields it fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. That is the importance of planting the gospel and making that a part of your legacy in life, guys. I want to encourage you in that. 
And finally, the last thing I want to share with you guys, this is a good, uh, another good quote, but it, it really hammers home the gospel and the importance of this. It says, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is that good men should look on and do nothing. Guys, do something to make the gospel priority in your life and your family's life. I'm challenging you guys in that. Husbands, ask your wives about it later. Wives, ask your husbands. If, I mean, step up and do this, guys. It, it could change your generations to come. Guys, my heart for you, I know our, Jeff's heart, Jeremy's heart, Sam's heart, Kathy's heart, our staff, our elders, our heart for you is that you would flourish in a relationship with Jesus. And I want to say, if you don't know Jesus tonight, or not tonight, this morning, come to him. He can change your heart. He can change the trajectory of your life to point people to the gospel. I'm going to pray here in just a minute. We'll have a few of our, uh, our leadership, our elders, our huddle group leaders in the back. If you don't know Jesus, go and talk to them and say, I want to know Jesus. And they can explain to you what that means. Believers, get on board. Get on board with the gospel. Students, get on board with the gospel. Make that your legacy. More than anything, is it sharing Jesus relationships are, guess what? The relationships you have now as a student in high, middle and high school, more than likely most of them will be gone in 10 years. Make your relationship with Jesus the most important thing. Families, get on board with this. Dads, get on board with this. Lead out in this. Moms, get on board with this. Grandparents, senior saints, get on board with this. The gospel, leaving a gospel legacy to, our, to the next generation. Make a plan for it. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for the legacy that I've inherited of the gospel. God, thank you for the, the legacy that we as a church want to proclaim that Jesus is everything and that we need him. And God, I pray that you would work in the lives of these, uh, these the people of God right here. God, work in their hearts. Bring about fruit in this. And God, I pray that a year from now, they would look back on a time in July where they sat down, they wrote out a life mission statement surrounding the gospel, and they wrote out a plan to make the gospel a legacy in their lives. And they would say, man, God, thank you. Thank you that that happened. And God, that, it would leave a leg that they would leave a legacy to their kids, to their kids' kids, to their kids' kids' kids. God, we want to do this for the generations so that the generations may know you and make you known to the ends of the earth. It's about your glory, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, thank you guys. Uh, let's, um, we're gonna go. I wanna encourage you guys. Go on mission for the Lord. Be on mission this week. I'm gonna pray for specific opportunities for you to share the gospel this week, for you to be an impact in, in specific opportunities for in your own kids' lives, for your grandkids, that you would have opportunities to sit down and say, Here's, here's what I want to be on mission for, is Jesus. You guys go, and let's be on mission together.